All right, we're back with another episode of Eat Sleep Bedlam. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Eat Sleep Bedlam. Follow us on YouTube at Eat Sleep Bedlam Pod. And we're on Google, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. We are there, so check it out. Also, thank you for the last couple of videos. We got a ton of comments on those. A lot of views as well, so we appreciate you. Keep the comments coming because we love the interaction. And we love seeing y'all interact together, so that's always fun too. But uh, So today we're going to do our season review podcast like we talked about. But also, we're recording this on a Monday, and the transfer portal opened today. So a lot of transfers uh, for, well, mainly OU, only one for OSU, which yeah. the player hadn't even really been on the team in a while. So yeah. um, OU, uh, Dylan Gabriel announced he was transferring. Uh, we already covered Tawi and, and Jason Llewellyn, but Dylan Gabriel, Dalen Smothers, Marcus Major entered the transfer portal. Um, Key Lawrence entered the transfer portal. Reggie Grimes entered the transfer portal. Uh, I know I'm leaving someone out. Savion Bird. Savion Bird yeah. entered the transfer portal. Nate, Nate Anderson. And Nate Anderson entered the transfer portal. So, Zach, uh, I guess go to you real quick. Is there any that you were really surprised about? No, not really any that I was surprised about. I'd say the one that surprised – the two that surprised me, but I wasn't surprised. Jaron actually said one of them, and Dalen Smothers, he said before the season he thinks he transferred – would transfer. But it was kind of odd to me because he actually traveled with the team um, on a couple road games this year, and Caleb Hicks didn't. And so, and Smothers actually got carries this year where Hicks really didn't either. So I kind of figured Hicks would transfer and not Smothers – um, but as far sounds as like he was homesick, is what it sounds yeah, like. No. And there was a time period where he left the team remember, and went home yeah. and no one knew he left for a while. And then they found out he left and then he ended yeah. up coming back. So it sounds like he was homesick. Probably going to go North Carolina state. I would think maybe North Carolina that area, maybe like in Virginia, but just that area. I, that does raise some concerns as far as the running back room. Um, we obviously have Gavin Sawchuck. Javante Barnes, um, you get the number one running back in the country and Tatum coming. Um, and then you still have Caleb Hicks. So it wouldn't surprise me if they go get someone in the portal now, just because you don't have that for sure guy. I mean, I guess you could say Sawchuck, but Sawchuck hasn't had a complete season yet. And so, you know, if he gets banged up in the offseason again, then you're right back to where you were this year. So that him and Major. I'm glad I say I'm glad that makes me sound like such a butthole <laughs> language would put it to say I'm happy majors leaving, but he just needs to go play somewhere else. He's been at OU. He just really doesn't stay on the field much. He was the leading rusher there for a while this season yeah, though. Always uh, Key Lawrence, I think will make a good safety somewhere. Um, you know, he had his ups and downs at OU, but he didn't play horrible. I just think that, he sees the writing on the wall as far as the talent that they have in that safety room with Billy Bowman, uh, Peyton Bowen, Robert Spears Jennings, and then a couple of the other guys that can play back there too that are young. Um, and then obviously the big one, Dylan Gabriel. Um, it's not a surprise at all. I don't blame him. OU fans should not be bitter at him at all. Uh, it's it's Jackson Arnold time. You recruit a five-star, one of the top quarterbacks in the country, and that's – you give the keys to him. You don't make him sit another year just so Gabriel can come back and play. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So uh, I think Gabriel goes to a contender, though. It sounds to me like it's probably going to be Oregon. Um, and I think Oregon's a good fit for him. Um, he can sling the ball around. Um, obviously, we saw his numbers. And with the talent that Oregon has and losing Bo Nix, you know, that could be a potential, you know, key game changer for him. 
And Gabriel gets to go play Lincoln Riley now. Maybe he can go smack him around a little bit in the Big Ten. So um, good for him. We'll be rooting for him. The last one I'll talk about, um, Savion Bird, really had high upside for him this year, especially in the offseason. He was one of the offensive linemen that me and Jaron really talked about, especially here on the podcast, that we thought would exceed expectations. Um, The staff really liked him. Just really kind of floated around, started some games, then got benched, then got hurt, then played a little bit. Just one of those guys that never really found his, you know, path on this team. So that's a little disappointing because I thought he would be really good. Yeah, and uh, I've seen some Oklahoma fans tweet about, oh, Gabriel's leaving. What's happening? You know, guys, I cannot be more clear. Gabriel was never coming back to Oklahoma. The staff knew that. They were all on board with moving forward with Jackson Arnold into the SEC. Now, most people thought he was going pro, but instead he's going to transfer. But he was not coming back. They were ready to move forward with Jackson Arnold. Um, he could, he could still go pro, you know. it's He could. Yeah, he could. Maybe he's testing out the NIL deals. You know, maybe Oregon offers him, you know, 750000 or a million yeah. or whatever it is to come play. You know, maybe financially it makes more sense for him to go play a season at Oregon and make, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying he's going to get a million-dollar NIL deal, but Oregon's got it. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me at all if they gave it to him. So, you know, if if he goes and makes, you know, seven hundred fifty to a million um, and then goes pro after this year, because realistically – I mean, we've talked about it. Gabriel's probably what, at best, a fifth round draft pick. Maybe it could, it could go up with how weak the class is next year. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, four or five. He's a danger yeah. right yeah. now. I think he's probably projected four at the highest, but probably if I had to put money on it, a fifth or sixth round draft pick. Yeah, you're not getting a lot of guaranteed money. No. So you go take that nil. That, that's college football now. You don't have to go pro. You can make yeah. just as much money in NIL mm-hmm. at certain places. So, I mean, if you look at it, um, and I know I'm kind of getting off topic here, sorry, but Kyle McCord announced that he's transferring quarterback, starting quarterback at Ohio State. Why do you think that is? That's because they're going to bring someone in and pay him a bunch of money, and he he knows it. The writing's yeah. on the wall him. So that's, that's college football these days. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's get into our season review. Uh, Landon, why don't we start with Oklahoma State? Obviously exceeded expectations. Yep. Um, I tweeted out our predictions. Zach and I had Oklahoma State at six and six, which I think this it was six and a half was the prediction mm-hmm. for them. You had them at eight and four, so yep. look, you're closer to them than close. we were because uh, uh, they obviously <laughs> went nine and three. Uh, you called the South Alabama loss, so yep. there you go. So, um, but didn't, overall, didn't get that one right too. What? I think I got that one right too. No, we both picked Arizona State. Yeah. We laughed at Landon picking South Alabama. We oh, yeah, because it was at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we picked Arizona State. But overall, I mean, you go to the Big 12 Championship, uh, you know, you have, what, four losses. Mm-hmm. Three of them were not close, but you still won nine games. And then that's what matters, you know, at the end of the day, you exceed the expectations. Yeah. So. yeah, that's really what it is. It's all. I mean, the team – I mean, it's about, in the end, kind of where I thought they'd get. I mean, not to the Big 12 title, but in that seven, eight, nine win range. I figured yep. that's where they'd end up. But it's not how I thought they'd get there. I yeah. did not think you go two and two and then end up in the Big 12 title game. Um, yeah, this team is still weird. I still don't, you know, it's still just a weird team to try to figure out. Um, obviously, the emergence of Ollie Gordon just changed everything, uh, which, I mean, I said he could be a top five running back in Oklahoma State history before the season. That's looking pretty good. I like bold, it. My other bold uh, predictions, not so great. But that one, <laughs> that one I feel good about. Um, I mean, Bowman was 
Bowman. I mean, it's kind of what you expected out of him. Yeah. Uh, if he starts from the beginning, though, I mean, this team wins 10 or 11 games if he's starting from day one, probably. Because, I mean, I don't think you lose to South Alabama if you have him and Ollie Gordon from the jump. If you give it to him. Yeah, if you just <laughs> run those two from the beginning, that's probably a win over South Alabama. Yeah. And, I mean, the Iowa State loss was close, and you could tell watching there were some timing issues. And if you have three full games with Bowman as your starter, you probably don't have those timing issues in week yeah. four. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it could be a 10 or 11. I mean, what Gundy did the first three weeks of the season was coaching malpractice. Yeah. But the what they did, turning it around, changing the entire offense, was a great coaching job. Then they got out-talented and out-coached in the Big 12 championship. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's still just a weird team. I mean, it was great they made it to the title. Um but it was a weird team because they had some highs and their lows were low, but their highs were were pretty good. That's why it's such a weird team. There was not just like, Oh, this is pretty good. It's like for three weeks, you're like, wow, this this team is awesome. And then all of a sudden it's like the bottom fell out. Yeah. Yeah. The the UCF loss, not losing blows my mind, but losing losing that way. Yes. Yes. And then you have to come back over two of the worst teams in the, big yeah. 12 to mm-hmm. even get to the conference title game yeah i don't know like this team's just weird mm-hmm. a lot of players could come back so i mean that's yeah i mean the main the majority of the losses are going along the offensive line all five of them are seniors but they all have a covid year mm-hmm. so they all could come back presley could come back um but besides that i mean it's bowman and leon johnson i think are the only guys who are for sure gone barring waivers from the ncaa um yeah. So, I mean, it's not a young team. going to get that, too. It does seem like it. But I I did have two questions I wanted to ask Landon specifically. This isn't my preview of Oklahoma or my overview of Oklahoma State, but I see Landon is really pushing uh, Oklahoma State to join the uh, Jordan team, rocking the orange Jordan shirt right there. (laughs) Oklahoma's leaving, so they got to – Jordan's got to pick up a Big 12 team, so maybe Oklahoma State jumps on board there. Um, Secondly – I was going to bring up Alan Bowman and I wanted to ask you what you thought. Cause I had a couple conversations with some OSU fans today and they really think that OSU needs to go get one of, there's a lot of good quarterbacks. There's a lot of them. So do you think they let Bowman go or maybe he enters the portal? Do you want to bring him back or would you like to see them hit the portal and try to bring in? I'm not, and this isn't a shot at OSU. Don't take it that way. Cause I, I don't think that a guy like Riley Leonard or Cam Ward or any, the big guys like that will come to Oklahoma State just because I mean, Riley Leonard's going to Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, with the, yeah. With the NIL money that they can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is there any names on there that you would potentially like to see Oklahoma State get that you would like better than Bowman? I mean, I'd like. I mean, on paper, all the big ones obviously I would like better than Bowman. But considering he's been there, and how much, like, if he doesn't stay, I want them to turn it over to Zane Flores. Like mm-hmm. he has the most upside of anyone in that quarterback room. No, no Gundy. <laughs> I hope he, that he needs to go in the portal and go play to D three school where he might actually be good. Um, <laughs> send him to George Fox. <laughs> um, your receiver. Here's our third string quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for your really good receiver. Here's this. Um, yeah. Here's, yeah, here's, here's a wants- backup quarterback for you. <laughs> if Bowman wants to come back, I wouldn't hate it. You know, because yeah. you know you're not going to get someone who's going to lose you a game. I mean, I don't think – I mean, someone's going to point out, oh, he had turned the ball over a lot. 
most of his turnovers were either freak things or when he was trying to lead a comeback. There were very few that was just, he made a bad read and threw it into coverage, Mm -hmm. which that was some of his completion percentage was he threw the ball away all the time. Yeah. Uh, Would like to change that. But yeah, if he wants to come back, I'd be all right with it. If not, I think it's Zane Flores time. Yeah. I think Flores has got a really high ceiling too. It's one of those like Jack, I'm not comparing him to Jackson Arnold, but one of those players that you want to get him on the field mm-hmm. as, quick as possible and get him, you know, game reps yeah. and see what he can do. Um, my quick overview of Oklahoma State, I agree with Landon completely. They, I mean, I th- me and Jaron picked him to go six and six, something like that. Like, didn't really see them competing for the Big 12, especially early, early in the year after the South Alabama game. We were all laughing, thinking, are they going to win a game this year? Yeah. Are they – are they going to win another game? Um, really, really good coaching, good play or good players making big plays. Ollie Gordon, obviously a special talent. Brennan Presley, um, Leon Johnson, those guys. Rashad Owens, you, you just had guys step up. Uh, Nick Martin, guys all over the field step up. So um, a really good season for OSU. I felt like even on the defensive side of the ball, you know, mm-hmm. they make big plays when it matters or when it mattered. So, I mean, you saw – you could call it the play call, whatever, but, you know, you stop Oklahoma on a fourth down when they're driving to go win the game. Um, you stop BYU um, when they're, you know, all they really have to do is score once in the second half and they're probably going to win that game. So the defense looked really good. Um, you can't really judge them on the Big 12 performance. We knew it was coming. I mean, yeah. Texas was playing for a playoff spot and they're an elite team, obviously, ended the season at number three. So, um, I, I don't know that you could have really hoped for a better season from Oklahoma State other than not playing three quarterbacks the first three, four games of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if that happens, maybe, you know, things shake out a little bit differently and you're not having to, I mean, the way this season went, you're playing Texas no matter what, but, you know, you know, whole butterfly effect, you change, you beat Iowa State, then maybe they make a change, but then they beat Texas later. You know, yeah. that game is weird. It's just one of those things. And yeah, the defense I have high hopes for it. I mean, for the most part, Nardo looked good. Yeah. I mean, as a, you could see him grow throughout the season, um, obviously he was exposed in the Big 12 title game. But, yeah. That's Are you guys going to go uh, get uh, – dang it, what's his name? Uh, Dana Holgerson back, offense coordinator? I hope so. <laughs> I'll take Yursich back. I don't care. <laughs> He's on the market. Bring both of them back. <laughs> Co-OCs, Yersich and Holgerson. Maybe they'd like cancel each other out. You could get Holgerson's aggressiveness without like the sheer insanity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I will say this. I, you know, I even owe OSU an apology too. And a lot of people thought this, you had the mass exodus last year after, mm-hmm. you know, after the season ended, you lose a lot of really good players. Spencer yes. Sanders, um, you know, Jabbar Muhammad is playing really well at Washington um, but you had some receivers that you lost. Bryson Green, I believe, was one of them, if I'm saying yeah. his name right. Um, and right then we were like, what is happening at Oklahoma State? You know, why are all these really good players leaving? Why is Spencer Sanders going to Ole Miss to be a backup when he could have started his last year? Like, all this was happening. It's like, is OSU going downhill? And now we find out, actually, it was probably something that they needed to do to clear out some of the egos in the locker room. Because they were way better. Th- now, they were way more talented last year, but they mm-hmm. were a better team this year. And sometimes that is how uh, that's more important than the talent is getting yeah. the right fit in your locker room. And it sounded like y'all had a bunch of cancers in the locker room last year that you had to get rid of. And mm-hmm. I was skeptical of it, but no, it was the right thing to do, obviously. Yeah. That was, I mean, everyone was in panic mode. We were all 
yeah. losing. And then even the last one, uh, when the ETN left, like late, yeah. we were like, great. Now we've really just, we jumped the shark. We're losing everybody. It's over. Turns out, I mean, obviously, I mean, I was a big Bryson Green fan. I wish he was still yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, and also Stephon Johnson, who's now with Houston. Those were kind of the ones yep. that I was like, I wish they had hung around. But most of them, I mean, most of them didn't do much. At the Mason Cobb, you, you liked Mason Cobb. Now he didn't, do, Cobb, he didn't do much after, at USC either. So he, he regressed. So he's running into shocking now. Shocking. Oh, I mean, it is like shockingly the level. Him. It's shocking the level he regressed to. Like he's running the wrong way. It's because he doesn't he get coached. <laughs> he doesn't get coached. That's they why. They told him to bulk up. He put on like 25 pounds and he's slow now. Yeah. Well, it looks like uh, Colorado is trying the Oklahoma State strategy going into the Big 12. <laughs> just dump your roster and yeah. what happens the next season. I so mean, you can only do that so many times. Watch out for the buffs. Looks bad. Yeah, because they already did it once. Because they had 85 new players this year. They're going to have 85 new players next year, too. And and Dion might have a new girlfriend. Everyone's going to the transfer portal for yeah. <laughs> Everyone's in three. did enter the transfer portal. Yeah. <laughs> It's losing everything. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's something that a lot of people don't really pay attention to is how important that chemistry and how just how important the locker room is, even if it means getting rid of some talented guys. If they're bringing your locker room down, which I had heard since then, I've heard many stories about Spencer Sanders and how much of a pain he was yeah. to deal with. Who knows if they're true? I don't know. But the results on the field kind of show they might be true. You never know. And last thing, kind of on that, uh, someone asked Rashad Owens what he thought, you know, the portal opening and this team and how most of them could come back if they want to. Um, He said, he's like, I never know what's going to happen, but I don't see any, going to kind of paraphrase here, I don't see anyone or too many people entering the portal. We're a very close-knit group here. and We love each other. And that showed. Holly Gordon a ton of money. Yeah. Oh, some there are pro- there are probably people lined up outside his house and his parents' house in Fort Worth right now. I was about to say there's there's been some tweets about a- insinuating that a bag yes. is being dropped right now. Oh. If it's only one, I would be shocked. Yeah, yeah, you, you uh, cannot let him leave. No. Don't give anybody else any nil money. It's all going to him. Yeah, I mean, hey, Boone left money. This is what we use it for. Yeah, exactly. His final gift is keep him here so we can get another statue next to Barry outside. Like, we're writing, we're writing all his name in Boone's will. You're getting all this money. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But yeah, great, great season by the Pokes, and we'll see if they can carry that momentum in the new Big Twelve. I mean, it's going to be exciting. A lot of good teams. I mean, obviously, the big news is Cam Rising being able to come back to Utah because mm-hmm. we knew Utah would be a contender, but that makes them even more of a contender because yeah. they won two straight Pac-12 championships with him at the helm. So. We'll see what happens. Um, Oklahoma, um, we all three actually nailed Oklahoma. We all three had them 10 and 2. Now we had them losing hey, to different teams. I was the only one who said they'd beat Texas. So you I'm did. Just... You nailed it. You had us losing to UCF, though. <laughs> hey, it was close. I it was, was almost right it there. Was. And then I think we all picked them to lose to BYU. <laughs> that was our other one. So it was all off on BYU. That was close, too. Yeah, it was all close. But, Thank you, Billy Bowman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we all had them 10 and 2. Uh, we actually all had them in the Big 12 championship after I went back and watched it. And we I think we all had them losing to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship. So we're a little it. off on Kansas State. So they're not all winners. All the predictions aren't winners. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, season review, Zach, why don't you go first? What did you think of the season? Yeah, following a six and seven season, I think we all just wanted to see improvement. Um, the start of the season kind of had the same, not really the same as last season because we were undefeated, but 
really after the Texas game, you just felt like this is a legit team. The defense looked really good. Um, they, I mean, they played really well against Texas. Gabriel was playing well. Um, Andrell Anthony was playing really well. Andrell, however you say it, was playing really well. The only disappointment early in the season was the running backs. And so we all figured, you know, Bedenboe is going to get that offensive line rolling. The running backs will figure it out. And this is going to be um, – Jaron always said this is not a playoff team. And the way they played against Texas, I disagreed. I thought, you know, this is a team that can really compete and, you know, be for sure be a Big 12 championship team. Um, and that just kind of fell apart um, against Kansas and Oklahoma State. But you know what? They, a lot of I've seen a lot of OU fans in the last couple of days saying – and I've, I've said it to a degree, so I'm not going to completely disagree with them, but saying that you can't lose to bad teams and expect to get in the New Year's Six Bowl or whatever. Okay, they lost to Kansas, who was a ranked team and mm-hmm. would still be a ranked team if their quarter two quarterbacks didn't get hurt. If Jalen Daniels doesn't get hurt, they're probably competing for a Big 12 championship just like everybody else. Bean came in, played really well. Bean doesn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, they're prob- They beat Kansas State with Bean. Um, I mean, they were a score away from beating them without him with their quarterback who couldn't throw the ball five yards up the field. So um, that it when you think about losing to Kansas, yes, it's a bad loss, but they were ranked. It was on the road, bad weather. Those games happen. And then obviously the Bedlam game um, just kind of shot yourself in the foot. And it's a rivalry game, too. And you you could tell how much more that meant to OSU to get that win. Not saying it didn't mean a lot to OU, but OSU really wanted that win. Yeah, no doubt. And I will say, you know, a common comparison is everyone's like, I don't care if it's a rivalry game. Auburn lost to New Mexico State by, what was it, like 45 to – I thought it was 31-7. Could be wrong. Something Something like that, though. It's a blowout. New Mexico State blew Auburn out. And the following week, Auburn is a magical play away from beating a playoff team in Alabama. So you never know what's going to happen in rivalry games. We saw that in Bedlam. Um, and Oklahoma State ones, and then Oklahoma Oklahoma finished the season strong. So um, finishing the season ten and two, get to finish it off in the Alamo Bowl. Probably get to see Jackson Arnold at the helm. Um, I think that's the type of season that you want. Obviously, we all hoped for a New Year's Six Bowl, um, but you that you literally cannot complain after going six and seven to finish or follow that season going ten and two. That that's what you want. Um, Go finish it off in the Alamo Bowl, finish the season 11 and 2. And then you're going to the SEC, where next year is the first uh, first realm of the 12 team playoffs. So you don't even have to win the SEC. You finish probably top three in the SEC, you're a playoff team. Does Oklahoma do that next year? I don't know. Um, I think Alabama and Georgia are going to still be really good. So it's going to be a fight for that third spot between, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, Tennessee, Ole Miss, you know, those group of teams. So I think that they're right there. Um, obviously, the portal, as we talked about earlier, depending on who we can get. Uh, me and Jaron talked about this the other day. I'm trying not to take up too much time. I keep waiting for that timer to hit and Jaron be like, hurry up. <laughs> but uh, who would have thought, Jaron said this the other day and it was pretty funny. Who would have thought the biggest offseason move for Oklahoma football would be the Syracuse defensive coordinator? Um, and for those yeah. that you don't, for those of you that don't know, Texas A&M's defensive line coach took the defense coordinator job at Syracuse. So if I had to put money on it, OU's probably going to land David Hicks. I think that it's it's coming um, from everything that I've been told from people that have been pretty reliable this season. He is coming to Oklahoma. It's just a matter of time and getting all that. The only thing I could see 
hindering that is if someone offered him another bag. But I think Oklahoma well, A&M might offer him another bag. It's right down the street. You know, he's at AM, obviously, but it was right down the street where he grew up. So he grew up in AM. Well, you know, if there are things we're hearing are true, they might offer the bag, but AM might not actually deliver. That's true too. <laughs> what Evan Stewart said. But you you've got, you know, the potential David Hicks coming in, which would be massive because you already have David Stone coming in, but he's going to be a true freshman. And then the other one that I heard was I can't think of his first name, but McClellan. He plays Chris, Chris yeah. McClellan defensive end or tackle. He, I think he's a tackle. He played both at Florida. Um, but he he's a really, really good football player, played in the SEC. Um, he's from Tulsa. I believe he went to Owasso, and it sounds like he's going to come to Oklahoma too. So I think this is going to be a big offseason for Oklahoma um, in the transfer portal again. I think it's going to be better than last year. So if they can get those big, beefy guys up front, this is going to be a fun team to watch next year. Yeah, uh, Chris McClellan, I believe, has confirmed he's going to visit Oklahoma, and he wants the process to go fast, so we'll see. David Hicks hasn't entered the portal yet. I think if he does, he's probably going to Oklahoma, but we'll see. Uh, it was 31-10, to 10, by the way, New Mexico State over Auburn. But, um, yeah, I mean, the reason why, I, I even with the Texas performance, I didn't think Oklahoma was a playoff team is because you ne- I never judge a team by their highest and their lows. I never judge them by those two because usually they're somewhere in the middle. They're not never going to be as good as they were multiple times, but they're probably not going to be as bad as they are multiple times either. And so – Yes, except Oklahoma, for Oklahoma State. Yeah, except for Oklahoma State. But yeah, no, when Oklahoma played that game against Texas, you watch that, you're like, man, that's a playoff team. Yeah. But that was their best performance, and it's not even close all season. Uh, because their offensive line and defensive line didn't dominate, period, like that the rest of the season. And that's why I was like, they're not a playoff team because they're not ever going to be as good as their highs. And then we saw, you know, some lows, like we saw the Kansas game and Oklahoma State, but they're not they weren't that bad of a team either. They they weren't a team that turned the ball over a lot, but in those two games, they turned over six times combined. It's the weirdest thing because they really didn't turn over a lot, period. But again, you, like Zach said, you go 10-2 and two after going 6-7, and seven, which we said you had to go 10-2 and two or 9-3. and three. So what we said before the year, you hit that goal. Um, you got a lot of experience. Now, Zach and I disagree on this, and we'll get more into it when bowl games come, but I don't think the bowl games really matter other than they matter for experience. If you win, cool. If you lose, cool. Who cares? All that extra practice time you get. Yes, the practice time, playing the game. uh, You know, it'll be Jackson Arnold's first start, most likely. uh, New play caller. Um, So if you lose, I don't think it really matters. But if you – I mean, just getting the experience is what matters the most. And and so – and Arizona's a good football team. You know, a lot of people don't really know that because they play at 930 every night. So at at our time, you know, so – but they're a good football team. They're, I think, top 20 in offense and top 40 in defense. So they're a good team. So we'll see. But ultimately, yeah, you go 10-2. and two, You show growth defensively. Now you've tailed off at the end. I think a big part of that was how many plays they were playing. They were, again, one of the leaders in plays defensively. And they just don't have the depth to play that style mm-hmm. uh, yet. Uh, maybe they get there. But I think if you've watched any of the Seth Luttrell stuff, he doesn't go near as fast as Levy goes. Um, he does some tempo, but it's not near as fast. So hopefully you don't have your defense on the field as, as much um, as you did this season and the first season. Offense uh, really struggled with the running game early, got it going late, and then the passing game was pretty good all season. And, and some groups stepped up with some young talent. The wide receiver group, very young. I think it's gonna be might be the best group on the team next year, at least going into the year, arguably, because of all the experience they got this year. Um, hopefully they take a step under Emmett Jones or yeah, Emmett Jones. What? No, nah, yeah, I agree with oh. you. I think it's going to be a battle at that wide receiver position. You, you yeah. got Anthony 
coming back. You've got Nick Anderson, who led the country in yards per catch with all those touchdowns. Um, Jaden Gibson really came on late. You still have Jaleel Farouk. Um, mm-hmm. Then you got the young guys that really didn't play much that are supposed to be really good, like Petaway. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah. Kearney, Kearney's, I think, a top 100 player. So, and he's a coming in. So we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, you got this Farouk. He seems like he's one of those guys who seems like he's been around a while, it, but he probably hasn't. It's funny because he's the same age as Caleb Williams. They came in the same class. See, I, he yeah. seems like he's been around longer. I don't know. Maybe he, it's the name. The funny thing know. is, he came to OU because of Caleb. They were really close friends. And Ruben. so when when uh that season ended and Caleb left, everyone thought Farouk was going to leave, and it was actually Mario Williams who left and Farouk stayed. So it was kind of <laughs> weird, but but yeah. So uh, and he he could go pro. We'll see what he ends up designing. I think he'll is leaning to coming back, but we'll see what happens there. Obviously, you need Bowman and Stutzman to come back. I think that's big to have them come back mm-hmm. and not leave. Um, which I've heard they're not going to make a decision until after the bowl game. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, you have to hit the transfer portal. I mean, you got to. When you go to the SEC, every conference, but especially if you want to play with the big boys, you got to get the D lineman. You got to get the offensive lineman. Uh, you're probably losing four starters on the offensive line. Uh, Rouse is gone. Guyton, I assume, is gone. Guyton uh, is going to be a first round pick. He's exactly. Gone. And he I mean, didn't really play the last back. couple of games. I think he's gone. McKay Matower has no time back. And there's talk that Andrew Rain won't come back. That's four starters on your offensive line. And so you're going to have to be able to replace that. So. Well, we'll see what happens there. Go fight Coach Prime for those offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah, right. I will right. say, Jaron, and this has nothing to do with football, but, you know, we're transitioning into uh, basketball season. Obviously, we still do got – we have to talk about basketball? Um, I wasn't <laughs> even OSU basketball. I, You know, I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, civil here and friendly. Um, I don't even like OSU basketball OSU's right now. Basketball I mean, it's team. real bad right now. I, I really thought OSU's basketball team would be the one that's really succeeding this year. Yeah. <laughs> so far, we do have a lot of injuries, so, I mean, I'm yeah. blaming it on that. But um, <laughs> Oklahoma, that. right now – um, you know, they they topped the top 20 or they got into the top 25 for the first time under Porter Mosier. Um, right now, they're currently ranked 19th. They're seven and zero, and they've got a pretty the next four games will really, you know, kind of determine how this team's going to do as far as playing teams like Kansas, Houston, Baylor and Big 12 play. Uh, they play seven and one Providence on Tuesday at six o'clock. Yeah. So that will yeah. be out by the time this episode's out. You'll know the score of that. Yep, and then they play on Saturday on ESPN2 against Arkansas, who just upset Duke, uh, top five Duke team. Yeah. So Arkansas's obviously got some talent. Then they play Green Bay. That shouldn't be too much. And then they play on December 20th. They play the ninth-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels So yeah. and uh, the Jumpman Invitational. So um, Porter Moser's doing a good job to start the season. We'll see how he keeps going. We'll definitely hit some basketball talk here in future. Yeah, yeah we'll probably start – Next week, I mean, unless there's yeah. more transfer portal stuff, I know, but... get some get some wrestling talk in. Yes. Yeah. Hey, did you see Mark Henry's son is taking a visit to you? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, real quick, Landon, uh, we got four minutes. Uh, any thoughts on OU season? I mean, you don't kind of hit it. I mean, you want to hit that ten wins, and yeah, you got to that point. And really, I mean, OU came within about what three, four plays of being undefeated this year. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you never want to balk at a ten win season, and then. When you come that close, most, I mean, like you mentioned, a lot of offensive line, probably gone. But yeah. there's so much talent. I mean, Venables has recruited greatly last year or so, you know, just really mm-hmm. bringing in all the pieces. So, I mean, they're set up well. The first year in the SEC may be a little rough just because you're going to be relying on those young guys. Yeah. But after a year, I mean, that 
they're set up to compete. Yeah, well, you def you definitely can't expect ten and two, eleven and one every year in the SEC. You're gonna OU fans are gonna be upset when they lose three games, but it's probably that's that's that'd be a good season your first year yeah. in the SEC if hey, you went nine and three. three. Games might get you in the playoffs. It but, might. It very well might. If you lose to the thing? right people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And I know we're running out of time here, but I sent Jaron it the other day. I was trying to find it, and I can't. Um, obviously, rankings change from this season to next season, but the teams that OU play next year, I think five or six of them are ranked in the top 25. You had wow. Alabama, Ole Miss, Missouri, um, Tennessee, and LSU, and there was one other one, uh, Texas. Yeah, it's Texas. So five teams that – had good years this year, so it'll be interesting. Well, the crazy thing, they showed uh, 12 of the top 13 teams are in the Big Ten or SEC next year. Yeah. Just yeah. crazy to think about. But, all right, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, RIP Florida State. Yeah, RIP Florida State. That was sad. And Travis's, was Travis's tweet was sad, too, where he talked about we wish he would have broke his leg earlier in the year and all that stuff so they could have seen them play more games. But, yeah, they, they got screwed in my That opinion. was a gnarly injury. It was, and, but my thing is that defense was nasty. They, they I, I think they could have. They wouldn't have beat Michigan, but they could have competed. I think. Yeah, um, it would have been a fun game. Yeah, and, and it wasn't going to be that quarterback in that game. That was the third string because yeah. the second string had a concussion, so it wouldn't have been that quarterback again. You would hope not. I mean, a month later, you'd think. Yeah. You know, you never know. Concussions would be weird. But all right, false on Twitter at Eat Sleep Bedlam. False on YouTube at Eat Sleep Bedlam Pod. We're on. Uh, we're on Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. Check it out. If you're watching on YouTube, those links are at the bottom. Keep the comments coming. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday. Uh, and hey, they announced the Heisman finalist, so we'll see who wins. The, no, no one for OU knows you, but we'll see who wins yeah. that one. Uh, and all the awards, I guess, will be this week. So, uh, Ollie Gordon is up the Doak Walker Award, so we'll see if he yeah, takes yeah, that one home. It, yeah, should win it. Should win it. So, until next time, we'll see you guys later. See ya.